0: A-S-M-R. Oh, you're going to take a swing at this? (laughs) No, I'm not. (laughs) I might fall asleep.
1: If you don't know what ASMR is, you're probably so confused. Uh Uh-huh. And I apologize. (laughs) Yes. Welcome to the Teen Life Podcast, where we believe that teenagers are not a problem to be solved, but we are here to help you equip teenagers through the power of connection. I'm Carly Duke, and across from me is Chris Roby. Hey, Carly. Hey, Chris. I am ready to learn today from you All right, because I think we've been talking about social media a lot on the podcast, Mm -hmm. and so I'm excited to take a different approach with what you have today.
0: Yeah. So as I mentioned in a previous podcast a few weeks ago on my reflections on uh, my brief sabbatical, I took four weeks where I didn't work, and kind of turn my email off and I didn't totally turn social media off. I kind of wish I would have more, uh, but just try to kind of disconnect from the day to day. And Carly, when you do stuff like that, um, you learn things about yourself and things you love and things you don't really like. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the things that, and, I, and I've known this about myself and I think people who know me or listening to this will eye roll like, duh, we know that about you. Uh, but I'm easily distracted. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is a, and, and just on kind of all different areas of life. Like it's very easy to get me kind of off on a rabbit trail. Now I'll tell you that some of that is personality driven for me. Just kind of, it's kind of baked into the system. Um, and there's, there's elements of that that are really good. But I realized that this distraction thing, this inability to really focus on one thing for a period of time is not serving me very well. Mm. And I would also say too, that um, in today's world, with the way our society set up through social media and um, having phones in our pockets that being able to focus and concentrate is actually kind of a superpower. Hmm. (laughs) Like if you're able to really kind of turn things off for a certain amount of time and focus on one thing or focus on important things. And so um, kind of led me down some different rabbit holes, different resources, books I've read and um, keep coming back to this idea of digital detox. And I want to talk about it in a a couple of different ways because the, the big idea feels kind of inaccessible because it doesn't seem realistic. But I want to I want to kind of build up to that, uh, and then uh, talk about kind of the, the reasons I think that's really important. Because I I think we'd all agree that life would be better if we had if we were less distracted. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, because um, I think you could get more work done. You could think more. You could get deeper on things. Um, and I feel like I know a lot, a little bit about a lot of things. <laughs> That's <laughs> <laughs> what it really comes down to. And Carly's laughing because she works with me and she's like, "Yes. This that is, true. is very true." I'd also say too that um, constant distraction isn't really what our brains built for and mm-hmm. can lead to a lot of the mental health issues we talk about anxiety uh, about how it just it's, it's hard to really focus on a whole lot at once, but also that it gets us to where it builds bad habits. So when you get distracted a lot bit addictive like mm-hmm. it you're you're it's it feels good like if I, if I know i don't have to think about something too long because if it's unpleasant i can just get distracted and, and go down a wormhole right and so your body kind of rewards you with dopamine that way right and so i want to i want to talk about well, look let's do this i'll talk about the big framework and then we'll kind of go down but um a guy named cal newport who i've been reading and, and, and listening to is this really brilliant guy he's a He's actually a mathematician, but he also writes a lot on productivity. So this comes from a productivity standpoint, but it really is, as you think about it, like, man, this would make life a lot better. But his big bucket he talks about is he calls it a digital detox, and that is take 30 days off of what he calls digital tools, uh, off of things that would actually distract you. So Mm -hmm. social media stuff, YouTube, um, things that just distract you. Um, But I think what's more fascinating about than the actual digital detox is the reason behind it. And so what he argues is we have to know what our values are is really what it comes down to. When we use social media, we talked about in our last podcast, you know, when you use it for free, you are the product, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you are using something and something that has such pervasive control over your life, you have to at some point, if you're going to get any control over it, be able to ask yourself, what are my values around this? What do I, like me as a person, aside from all these tools, what do I think is important in life? What do, what, what do I think, you know, what's what's important to me? Who's important to me? What, uh, what, do I, what do I want to accomplish? Those kinds of things. And his argument is you really can't do that when you're in the thick of things. When you're just in your day-to-day, distracted all the time, you can't, it's next to impossible to know what I really value. Mm-hmm. And so his assertion is, Turn that stuff off for a month. Don't tell anyone you're doing it. Don't because you, we've all seen the, the grand proclamation on Facebook. Like I'm logging off this thing. Those are the worst. The holier-than-thou. Like, like, and if there's people here that that you've done that, man, you know, that's, it's not as helpful as you think, you know, like, you know, it just, it just comes across as a bit haughty. But he's like, don't tell anyone you're doing it. Just delete the apps. Don't, de- don't deactivate your accounts. Just don't participate. Mm-hmm. And his assertion is do it for two weeks. And after those two weeks, you it takes about two weeks to kind of get it out of your system. And then the next two weeks is spending that time that you would otherwise be pulling your phone out to think about what, what's important to me. And what, what do I hold dear? What, what do I, what I feel like uh, I want to accomplish? And then after the 30 days, he's not like to stay off. He says, add, add back the things that align with your values. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, about the things that you think are important because now you have the time to actually think about it. What do you think about that, Carly?
1: I like that it's not just get rid of it, Uh but that it's also intentional and thinking. I like that idea of what would add value back Mm -hmm. and add those things back Mm -hmm. and do it in a way that's healthy. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate that. I will say, like Facebook is one that I know during, especially during the election, I struggled Mm -hmm. with. Mm -hmm. Every time I got on, I would be more angry and be more frustrated with with what people were saying. And Josh was like, why do you have it? Mm Mm-hmm. I haven't fully given it up because there are people that contact me through Facebook every now and then, but I took it off my home screen. So it's not an option. Mm -hmm. I have to specifically go search for that app. And so I might get on maybe once a week for five minutes, Mm -hmm. but that is one that I didn't necessarily do a digital detox, like what you were talking about. But I think I would have come to that conclusion Mm -hmm. of, is this helpful? No, it's probably not. Mm -hmm. So what are even boundaries I can set around that to make that more helpful?
0: Well, because I I think, and there's, I mean, this is not to fault anyone, but we, when we have downloaded these apps, we've heard from other people about how much fun it is. Like mm-hmm. you you might be on TikTok because of this podcast, you know, so we've talked, we, yeah, we, we, it's pretty, I mean, it's, it's pretty fun. And, you know, I have texted Carly about a meme this weekend that's just cracking me up, you know, mm-hmm. but you don't, you don't often go into something that will potentially distract you tremendously without, with much reflection. Mm-hmm. Like, like what, what is this really going to add? I think about the hours I'm going to rack up here. If I look at my social media time, on my on my screen time, you know, have I thought this through? <laughs> right. Um, and so the digital detox thing I think is really fascinating, and I think something you know with with Lent kind of falling around this time, a lot of people give up things for Lent, and we're uh, about a week into Lent it's at the time of this recording, or at the time of the release of this podcast. Um, so this might be something to consider. Like well, maybe maybe I can give this up with intention, not, mm-hmm. not as a showing of like, look at me, because maybe you'll come out the other side, uh, being less distracted and being able to be more present with the people that you love. And, and I'm passionate about this with teenagers because they were born into this system. They assume this is just the way things are. Mm-hmm. And we're old enough to know no, 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 they're not, you know, and so to teach teenagers reflective tools. Now it's hard to get to that point. So I'm going to back up, back off a little bit. <laughs> And talk about maybe something a little bit more accessible that Newport also talks about. I think it's really, really cool. And that is this idea of scheduling internet-free times throughout the day. Hmm. And not necessarily being dogmatic about it, but just say, hey, there is this period of time where I don't get to reach for my phone. And I've actually, before I even read this book or listened to his stuff, I started doing something like this. Uh, and I forgot why I did. I think I, it was a day that, like, my phone was just blowing up. And so I was going in to lead a support group one day. And I said, hey, I'm going to leave my phone in my truck and just go in. And I realized after I was done with that group how focused I was during that time and how present I was with those kids. Because I kn- there's something in the back of my brain that told me, your phone's not going to ring. Right. Your your uh, texts aren't going off. Your emails aren't coming in. This is not an option. Mm-hmm. And so my brain defaulted to what was right in front of me. And it was a really powerful time. So now, anytime I go and do something where I'm going to be present with teenagers, my phone stays in my truck. And I, that's just kind of become a built-in rhythm. And so when you when you think about these these times that you can schedule throughout the day, where a good example would be you're going into the grocery store.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What do you do when you stand in line?
1: You always look at your phone. Look at
0: your phone, right? And you're missing all these things around you. And so, so basically what this is doing is training your brain to be less distracted.
1: We've talked about this a little bit since you came back. And the other day I was at the doctor with my daughter and we waited for an hour to get a test result back. And I was sitting there and I was on my phone and I caught myself and I was like, I don't get a lot of one-on-one time with her. Mm-hmm. And so I put it in my purse and I put it on Do Not Disturb and I spent dedicated time with her. We col- They brought us coloring pages. We colored. There was a movie on that we talked about. And I walked away from that not going... Man, I wonder what I missed on Instagram, but going, I'm so thankful I had that time. Mm-hmm. And it really was special. And if we're being honest, I don't know if a 30 day detox is something I'm gonna do in the mm-hmm. near future because mm-hmm. that sounds really big and scary to me. But adding in these dedicated times where I am, it's my default is to go to my phone, but can I put it up and can I focus on the people in front of me, the things around me? I think there are times where I'm like, man, I wish I was, I wish I could help people. But do I even notice if someone needs help because my head's in my phone? Mm-hmm. My eyes are on my phone. And so taking that time, I think, is really important for an adult. But if we can also teach this to our teenagers now, mm-hmm. that would be a huge thing.
0: Well, I think kind of going back to this idea that this is a um, a muscle we haven't exercised. You know, and so to me, if you're going to build to something I, as I, I personally, I would love to be able to do something like a, a digital detox outside of a sabbatical, mm-hmm. right? Like that, that I'm going about my typical work week my work that that i'm not always looking at my phone to get distracted like i feel like that's that's a good life you know yeah. and so but i feel like that's something but i'm not going to go out tomorrow and run a marathon either right
1: <laughs> you're not no no,
0: <laughs> no um but i would need to train for that and i feel like mm-hmm. i feel like when you schedule times where you know i mean the easiest one as a family we've talked about this somewhat on the podcast is like around dinner mm-hmm. phones are up or if we're going to go, um, if we're going to church or we're going to baseball practice, we're leaving our phone behind. So we just talk on the way, whatever that looks like. Like those are things that as a family, you can schedule in as rhythms. And you can just think about it as training. You're training your brain to be bored. You're mm-hmm. training your brain to not be distracted. And that's a good thing. And then so, so you start making those gains and then imagine what you could do beyond that.
1: For the trend this week, I want to talk about ASMR. ASMR.
0: Oh, you're going to take a swing at this? <laughs>
1: no, I'm not. I might fall asleep. <laughs> if you don't know what ASMR is, you're probably so confused. Uh huh. And I apologize. Yes. <laughs> but it is autonomous sensory meridian response. I, I know. didn't know that's what that meant. I've heard, I've heard the I've heard the acronym, but I, I, I know haven't... I've heard the acronym. Never knew what it meant. This term was coined in 2010. It's basically, we'll get into it a little bit more, but it's these sensory videos, sensory activities, experiences that happen that kind of give, I've heard it described as like brain tingles mm. of like, it's very relaxing. It relieves stress. But a lot of times what you see is in these videos, whispering, soft talking, very just like methodical. Tapping. Yes. Yes. You hear like the noises behind like Mm -hmm. what's happening. And one of the best examples of this is Bob Ross's Joy of Painting. Mm. So Bob Ross did very much that like just calming, quiet, happy little accidents kind of Mm -hmm. talking. And so he's a big example of this. I watched a TED talk that I will link called Whispers and Haircuts, The Science of ASMR fascinating stuff, Chris. Mm -hmm. We had talked about that we wanted to cover this because it's really big on TikTok. It's really big on YouTube. But I wanted to like, what is the thing behind it? And so the science behind it, it's deeper, relaxed, comforted, calmed, brain tingles. And there's a theme. What's interesting to people who have reported these feelings, it's almost always when they've received positive personal attention from a caring individual. Hmm. So some real-life examples, if you're still not sure what I'm talking about, think haircuts. Think when you go to a doctor and they're checking you out. Um, Teachers teaching a lesson or parents when they're parenting you and kind of spending that one-on-one time. If you, when you were a kid, got a Uh boo-boo and a parent's putting a Band-Aid on you, whispering with friends, like a game of telephone, kind Uh of that, you just, there are certain experiences, like a haircut, if someone's washing my hair. I am never more relaxed mm-hmm. than that. Or a massage when someone's whispering and being quiet and you hear noises, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Those are real life examples, but now people are intentionally creating those experiences for viewers.
0: Yeah. And I, I can, I think this connects back to this focus distraction thing, like like to me, where it's, it's kind of the only thing going on, mm-hmm. you know, where your mind literally is able to receive that stimulation in full, you know? um when you when you are getting a haircut or um just being close with friends, I can see that being a really uh, a really powerful thing. I've not experienced this. like I, i've I've watched some videos and it hasn't quite hit with me. I don't know if I'm a bad person or what, but
1: <laughs> I think everyone's different. The uh-huh. TED talk that I watched, which I would encourage you to go watch if you're interested in this mm-hmm. um topic, he gave he showed some clips of ASMR from different YouTube videos and i can't maybe you showed five four of them i was like ah, that's kind of weird or that's more grating but then there was one that i was like oh that like took me back to and i think because it, it placed me in memories but i was like that is very relaxing but there was only one of the four so i think everyone kind of has different things that they enjoy because some of the people whisper they eat food and that is super gross mm-hmm. to me i'm not about listening to people chew food mm-hmm. and so everyone's different these especially ASMR artists is what they're called. They want to help their followers relax, fall asleep easier. Most of the time they're sitting close to the camera, they're looking in the lens, they're speaking softly or whispering. So they're doing all these things to make it feel like more of a personal connection than maybe your average blogger or maybe your average TikTok person. So this
0: seems really niche. Like like yes. like and not not just AMSR ASMR in general, but just like the different kinds that are out there that that, you know, depending on what does bring you comfort. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's out there kind of thing. Like, is that, I'm thinking about the and I, I, I apologize. I forgot the name of the guy. I've talked to you about him before. I know Josh is into him on TikTok. Who's this?
1: Oh yes. Uh,
0: he's this guy from up north who has <laughs> oh, I two can't dogs. Remember. I'll, I'll try to find it. Yeah, but he's he starts he starts every one. Well, well hello, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh hey, <laughs> you know, and, and he he makes some like some kind of like a uh, comfort food snack, and plays Nintendo 64. In a snowy cabin in the woods, which mm-hmm. just sounds incredible. Yes, <laughs> you know, just peaceful. But like, so I, I guess, I guess it's more revealing the what, and but it's very AMSR. It was very, you know, you know, when he opens the bag of chips, you can hear every, mm-hmm. every bit of it. You can kind of hear the intonations in his voice, and just, yeah, it's it's pretty fascinating how certain kinds do hit with you.
1: It really is interesting, and they did a brain study and found that brain re- regions that are activated while watching ASMR videos are the same brain regions that are activated when people are receiving positive personal attention from a kind and caring person in the real world. So if you're thinking for certain people who don't have that connection, especially during shutdowns, pandemic, this this is probably why it rose in popularity too. Mm -hmm. But you feel like you're having this connection. This brain study, what it says it does is ASMR can lead to deep relaxation relaxation brain tingles that's a weird word but i feel like if you experience it, you kind of know what i'm talking about like it just feels Mm -hmm. relaxing stress reduction you fall asleep more easily your heart rates are reduced and you actually have an increase in oxytocin and so it's very fascinating i am going to link to an article that actually shares the top like 30 asmr artists on youtube if you want to go check them out and they most of them have kind of like you said, a niche like they do certain things. I know there's one that does like hair pretend haircuts uh-huh. and she pretends like she's cutting the camera. So you don't really see everything that she's doing, but it, she pretends like, I don't know, like the camera's your face. Uh-huh. It's very fascinating stuff. And if you have a teen who maybe doesn't sleep well, I think even some think of the apps like Calm uh-huh. use the same sort of thing and voice mm-hmm. of they're going to tell really quiet, calming stories. And you might hear sounds behind. That's ASMR stuff too, to help you relax and fall asleep. And so this could be something to look into if you have a teen who struggles with anxiety or struggles um, going to sleep at night. Maybe try ASMR together or encourage them to find one that they feel like would help. And them. I would
0: I would just add something really quickly. I know I've, I've listened to some other stuff in AMSR, and I think some people who might have a moral objection to it might. Associate with pornography or um sexual stimulation and the studies that show out there aren't re- it doesn't really connect with that mm-hmm. in the way that people would think so since since it, it might come across as sensual sounds or anything like that i think so as parents as you're trying to help these your teenagers make these decisions it really is pretty divorced from that world i mean i'm sure there is amsr porn stuff but but it's it is it is really about that calming relaxing it's a tool mm-hmm. um, i think if you can view it that way
1: For The tip, Chris. I want to go back one more time to the Olympics. I said, She, kind loo- of went, she loves the Olympics, guys. She's coming and, back. I, and I said, I am not going to do an Olympic episode. And here we are.
0: We just did it in like 15 parts. <laughs> here we are. That's great. I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad we are.
1: But I saw this skier, Michaela Schifrin, who is What came into the Olympics, expected to do incredibly well. Mm -hmm. I think she's the – oh, I hope I'm not saying this wrong. But I think she's the most decorated skier. One of the most decorated winter athletes for sure in America. And she was expected to go in and do really well. I think she had like five or six events that she was going to do. Her first two, she skis out, meaning she makes a mistake and is done. Doesn't even finish the course. The second one I watched, she – sat on the side of the course for 25 minutes crying. Hmm. And you're just sitting there. I think she's in her twenties. You're just sitting there going, man, you've worked four years for this mm-hmm. and to not even finish your race. She didn't medal in any of her events. I think there was another race that she also skied out of that she did not finish. Wow! And so just the failure that she felt. And I listened to, I'll try to find it. The She was on the today show and they interviewed her afterwards. And then she also posted on her Instagram. And I thought what she had to say was so wise. I'm not going to read all of it. But she says at one point, um, let the turkeys get you down. There will always be turkeys or get up Hmm. again, 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 again. Get up because you can, because you like what you do when it's not infested with the people who have so much apparent hate for you. Just get up. It's not always easy, but it's also not the end of the world to fail. Fail twice. Fail five times. At the Olympics, enter me. Hmm. And on this Instagram, she also posted different quotes that people had been saying about her over the course of the Olympics that she was... It's like mean tweets. Yes. Yeah. She was a choker. She couldn't handle the pressure. And on the Today Show, just the grace that she showed of, I failed, but I'm going to be back, and I'm going to keep working. And we saw some of this with Simone Biles
0: mm-hmm.
1: in the Summer Olympics when she had the twisties and she just didn't feel like she could do it. And there are different ways to handle protecting yourself and protecting your mental health. And I think some people even came from Michaela of she shouldn't have been back on that course mm-hmm. because she wasn't right. But the fact that she continued to compete, she continued to try and then her response was not, I'm done. I'm quitting skiing forever because I just utterly failed. Mm-hmm. Her response was, I'm going to keep going.
0: Yeah. And yeah, that's, uh, the, the, I like that you juxtaposed that with, with Simone Biles, because I think those are both, they both handled it the right way, you know, mm-hmm. the way that, that was best for them, because for, for Simone, she had to get distance from it. And for, uh, for Michaela here, she had to continue to engage with it. Mm-hmm. And so knowing, knowing yourself and your limitations on what's going to help, um, but neither one of them ultimately quit their sport. Um, they're, they're still with it. But I think too, and we'll, We'll talk about this in a future episode, but just shifting that mindset is a really crucial tool for for an adolescent, for someone who's in those kind of pressure situations. That you can fail and fail and fail and fail, but if you if you know, well, that's not the point here. I'm 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 here to succeed, and I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going at it until I do.
1: Mm-hmm. It really is a fascinating. I would encourage you to watch it watch it with your teen. It is a really good example of that failure is okay Mm -hmm. and I think so much in our culture we only show especially because of social media you only see the good parts you only see the the success so many times you don't see hey I messed up 10 times or hey you don't post on social media I messed up at work today you post the awards the successes but our teenagers need to see that failure is okay and they can get up and they can't keep going
0: All right, that's a wrap on this one. Thank you so much for listening. A special thanks to Carly Duke and to Kelly Fan for producing this podcast. Also to Luke Cabrera for our awesome podcast music. If you wanna know more about Luke and his music, check out his contact info in the description. Well, this podcast is for the helpers and we really hope you feel helped. If there's something we haven't talked about or a topic that you're really interested in, Email us at podcast at teenlife.ngo and we will do our best to get to that topic. We will see you next week.